Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a nursing podcast with your host, Beth Quas. Before we get started, we have a few quick notes. Don't Eat Your Young is a listener-supported podcast. To learn more about becoming a member and the perks available to you for becoming a patron yourself, visit patreon.com slash don't eat your young. You can learn more about the show, share your story to join Beth as a guest, or connect with our wonderful community in our Facebook group. You can find all those links and more at don'teatyouryoung.com. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Don't Eat Your Young. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today I have a couple great nurses on the program. Antra Boyd and Karen DeMarco, they've been nurses for a long time, but they are working to fill the gaps and the needs that nurses need now. They have an incredible way to offer continuing education for nurses, and we're going to hear from them about what they're offering and what's new coming up in the future from them. Welcome, Antra and Karen, to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. We're happy to be here. Yeah, woohoo. This is like the th- this is like the third time I've got to see you in not too long. We have been chatting and we're going to chat about a lot of things today, what you guys are doing for nurses and filling the need. So tell us a little bit about your nursing careers. So my name is Andre Boyd and I uh, graduated from nursing school in 1996 and I went right into the United States military. I was a Navy nurse on active duty for six years. And in that time, I did a year on med surge. I did a year in in the recovery room, which I could not stand because you have all of these beefy Marines and they, I bless them. They were the biggest babies. I I couldn't stand the whining. I mean, mad respect for all the Marines, but oh my gosh, they cried in the in the recovery room. So, um, and she's married to one, by the way. And I'm married to one. (laughs) And so, um, I went directly from the recovery room to the operating room and they sort of grew, they grew me up as a nurse there in the OR. And then I spent 20 years in the operating room. Uh, when I got out of the military, I was employed at a small community hospital in a 10 suite OR and really did everything, um, everything from plastics to general surgery to ENT surgery, but my love was orthopedics. And I eventually pretty much stayed in, well, I was the urology PP queen for a while um, and took over that service. (laughs) They call me the PP queen at work. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went to orthopedics and I stayed there and did total joint replacements for the last few years. And then when I decided to leave bedside nursing, I left because I was spinning my wheels inside a system that was super slow to change. I hated that, you know, we as an operating room team, it's the team. And yet, you know, in a timeout, you'd have nurses more interested in their charting, anesthesiologists asleep at the desk, surgeons out of the room. And it was such a simple thing to change and to, you know, help patients have good outcomes and we just couldn't, it was really hard to pull together. And of course I've been in some amazing timeouts, but it was just this like constant fight to communicate, to not be afraid to say what needed to be said, to to um, just collaboration on behalf of the patient. So I left thinking I could probably help patients better on the outside, help them navigate the system. And um, I started Connected Care Patient Advocates in Portland, Oregon with another colleague nurse um, 
friend, colleague. She's also part of our Renegade. And um, we've been doing that for the last five years and a super huge learning curve because, of course, I don't know everything there is to know about everything that walks in the door. So lots of we we see lots of clients with cancer who get really frustrated because they can't you know, figure out the best treatments or the clinical trials or, or, um, or, you know, just having trouble coordinating their care. A lot of it is care coordination. Um, but then just everything. So of course, anytime a client comes to us that needs a big surgery, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's my sweet spot. Like I can totally help you. (laughs) (laughs) It's my one place where I'm like, I got this. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, Karen and I both went through a patient advocacy course. She was actually faculty at the course that I subsequently took. And that's how we met. And then that is how RNA Gade came to be. But we can get to that later. That's a lot of good nursing experience that you're bringing to the table. How about you, Karen? What did I do? Come uh, to our crazy pants. Yeah, come that's to it. our crazy pants here. <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my bio says on on our website. <laughs> Everyone else got this lengthy thing that I wrote. Mine just says, Commodore crazy pants. <laughs> and then underneath it says, and that's all there is. <laughs> no, we didn't forget anything. I graduated University of Michigan, went out to New Mexico uh, from Ohio. I grew up in Ohio, went out to New Mexico, pinned the tail on the donkey style like this on a map of the Southwest and my finger landed on Las Cruces, New Mexico. So I went out there, uh, started out in ICU, um, flight nursing trauma and traveled a lot. I mean, before I was married, I kind of bebopped around and then got married and we bebopped around. So everywhere I went, I was either, you know, it's like, oh, I know trauma or ICU this time. I don't know. And sometimes I do both. Yeah. And then periodically throughout the years I did that, I kept seeing um, people with, if the patient was a healthcare professional or they had one in their family, they always had better outcomes. I mean, it was just a nicer stay, right? Not only it was lower morbidity, mortality, shorter length of stay, less readmission, just because, you know, they know the questions to ask. They know the standard of care that should be delivered. And that always bothered me. And plus you hear from your friends, you know, if you're a healthcare professional, you're always hearing from your friends some horror story they went through. And that voice in your head that nags you and goes, if I was there, that would not have happened. You know, and you don't know for sure, but you know, like, oh, why didn't you say something? You could have just done this. You could have just asked this. And um, they don't know. So I thought that if people don't have a nurse in the family, they should be able to buy one. <laughs> I love that. There's got I agree. to be a business there. And so I kept starting like little pilots, you know, I'd, I'd do pro bono work as a private patient advocate and take notes and see what works. He went and I talked to uh, people in hospital administration. I talked to um, some uh, deans of nursing schools and, you know, what do you think of this? And everybody loved it, but I was having babies. So you know, it was like, stop, start, stop, start. Well, meanwhile, out in Arizona, this woman who, whose course, um, I I went through and then eventually was faculty on and that entre went through Karen Mercero. In the ten years I was having babies, she was doing what I was doing and but like take making all the fails and seeing what worked and didn't and actually created a course. She had the first one, I think really like one of the first oh, ones yeah, in the yeah. country. And yeah. and hers was different than anyone because I went through a couple of them, but they were more like conflict resolution and this and that. Hers was all about functional and integrative medicine and systems biology and epigenetics and nutrigenomics and 
uh, all that stuff that points to root cause. So we became kind of forensic investigators of somebody's chronic illness. Not only what were they doing in conventional medicine here, but what are they doing around the world that's not only um, minimizing, but reversing and curing, you know, things like that. So it was a, it was fascinating work. My last shift I worked was in uh, 2000. I started my business in 2011. 2014 was my last shift in a hospital. And it was just, it was so fun to like, really, like really like, I'm just a nurse, you know, but you get all this. She really teaches you how to learn, you know, and how to investigate and how to talk to doctors and bring them your research and say, Hey, can we try this? You know, and how to, you know, you're not the enemy, you're on the team. But when someone hears patient advocate, sometimes that means like, what do you mean? You, they need an advocate. Well, no, that's what I'm here for. Um, so then that involved into corporate wellness and that evolved into research and that just kept evolving. I, I just embraced the flakery. I used to get upset by, you know, I used to get upset by everybody's upset of my constant um, career switching, but it, it, it all just evolved. You know, it didn't, it ho- didn't hop and jump. It evolved. And that's when uh, I met Antra and, you know, during those years, and we knew we were going to do something together because we were just in love. <laughs> we just like talk for hours about how to save the world and how to save ourselves, <laughs> you know, Whatever came out of that. Yeah. And, and just that day, like I said, that, um, that day I can't, I, I told you the story, but for your listeners, just briefly, I went on a hike. My nursing license was up for a new renewal. I went on a hike and I was dreading it. Uh, I won't tell you what I got in the mail, <laughs> like the inconvenient, you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is again. And we all wait to the last minute. So. I decided to procrastinate or procrastinate, <laughs> which is my, I'm still learning something, but I'm still procrastinating. So I'm procrastinating. So I listened to a podcast with an author, James Nestor, who wrote a book called Breathe. It was two hours of absolute fascinating anatomy. I've listened yeah. to that podcast. So good. Right? Yes. It's really good. So it's two hours. I'm like, this is making me better at what I do for a living for my clients. And it's also making me better at my life. Why is this not worth two hours? This is stupid. You know, you know what it did for me was I, and you'll probably um, relate to this. I was surprised, you know, in an OR, you're constantly cutting things out of people, right? And I was surprised at how ill-informed our patients actually really are after listening to that podcast, just the whole sinus surgery and how we do that. Like it's a bread and butter case. And we don't really question why we have those filters in there in the first place. Well, they're giving you problems. Let's just cut them out. Right. And so it changed my practice in a, in a way because it made me think like, what what do our patients really know when they go back to an OR? And it can be for anything, right? In in being informed about chemo, whatever it is, right? Um, so I was just very, I was much more um, critical about making sure that my patients were informed as best as I could help them be and as best as they could be. Yeah, like, hey, doc, have you asked them uh, if they're okay with never feeling again like they're able to take a deep breath? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the extreme, but still, like, <laughs> yeah, I've had. I used to show a video from the American Medical Association to students. Uh, there was a woman that couldn't read, and she went to the 
um, she went to the doctor and they decided to do a hysterectomy and she went through surgery. And at the end, um, she had no idea that her uterus was gone because she didn't understand what they said. Of course, she didn't under, she signed the consent, but only because she didn't want to feel stupid or look stupid. Yeah. I've seen that video. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what people will agree to when they don't understand. So I live in a in a fairly educated area. The demographic is is you know fairly educated, wealthy, and I even for for my hospital, I was interviewing a patient and uh, one day, and I was like, "So what are we what are we doing for you today?" And she said to me, "Well, we're doing uh, hista hista," and I was like, um, "A hister, uh Wait, what did I say?" I said a, hyster- a hysterectomy. She no. I said a hysteroscopy, and she said, "Yeah, that's what it is." And I'm like, "Well, that's interesting, um, because the schedule says hysterectomy, but you feel like you're getting a hysteroscopy, right?" She didn't even know the difference between the two, and you could see how easily you could confuse the two. Yes. But like, this is minutes before we're getting ready to go to the OR, so it's you know one of those things that just happens like that, and it doesn't just happen to people who are illiterate and can't and don't can't read. Right? How many times have because Antra and I both have worked in the OR, and do we bring patients in, and when we roll into the room, even we say, "What are you having done?" You know that one thing I can't say the <laughs> word, and it's oh a something, God, and so often, right? And you wonder what they really understand they're having done, but I trust that you know the surgeon had his conversation and that we're doing the right side. I hope <laughs> we're doing the right side because I've, you know, we all hear horror stories about that too. But so you guys are now educating a lot of people. So I was on LinkedIn and I saw a post that you guys put up, and it was educating nurses, getting um, continuing education for listening to a podcast. And my mind was blown because I thought, how how incredible is that? You're not wasting your time reading some flimsy thing that was sent in the mail and getting credit. You're actually driving down the road, listening to a podcast and learning or walking or I, I was blown away. So talk to us about what you guys are doing for offerings. I told you about my Joe Rogan podcast with the James Nestor moment and we just got to work. It was like, it was kind of, it's one of those things. I call it common sense artistry. Like it's when something is right in front of you and you're already doing something, you know, like it it just, after seeing that, it's like, wait a minute. Now I'm angry. (laughs) I'm listening to 20 hours of podcasts and audiobooks a week. I'm just such a geek. I love to learn. Like, I just love to know how things work. And I go down rabbit holes and Andre doesn't see me for weeks. Um, so true. But it's like, why? So why do I have to go pick through 30, a pile of crap, you know, every two years when I've already done it? That, that's an, it, that's insulting. You know, that's insulting to my precious time and my uh, pathological curiosity, you know? So, we just got to work trying to understand. Now, the purest form of the idea was how can you get credit for stuff you've already done or are already doing? Renegade, the podcast, is kind of like a little nuance apart from that because people are, weren't, I mean, our Renegade, the podcast, didn't exist yet, right? So we had to create something so they weren't really already, 
already doing it. They might have been already listening to podcasts. So it's a little, you know, it's almost that's there. how we made the <laughs> <laughs> so we got our um C uh continuing education providership to the state of California, which um the those CEs are good in all well, every state except for Hawaii, I think, but we are uh, in the process of starting our application to ANCC. But anyway, so we can award continuing education. So we would find amazing people to listen to. You know, one of the criteria for our courses, our pod courses, as um, Andra has dubbed them, um, is number one is, would you listen to this? Would we take this course? And <laughs> Andra cries on every podcast. It has been, <laughs> I, I always say that, but I've cried on a couple too. But it's just, it's just, um, they're people like us. They're people who are unafraid to blow up the box and speak their mind and do things differently and use common sense artistry to make the world better. You know, we've, when we've listened to so many nurses doing so many innovative things and also some, you know, naturopathic oncologist who's like, and people who love to teach and they love to share. And it's not only educational to listen to these podcasts and you'll not only come away, Antra will tell you about a couple of hers like, um, that she talks about all the time, but you come away um, inspired because the information and their expertise and their passion is delivered through the Trojan horse of their own personal story, which usually about eight minutes in, our mouths are hanging open about something they've been through. It's so amazing too, because we, you know, thought, okay, podcasts, that just seemed like the next, the natural extension of Joe Rogan and James Nestor. <laughs> and we, you know, Karen and I got on Amazon, ordered a couple microphones. We were sitting in the same chair. It's one of those big, like, you know, wicker things. And there's enough room for both of us. And we, the other, uh, even the other night we were watching the outtakes. It's hilarious. We had no idea what we were doing. And we just <laughs> pressed record and off we went. But the fascinating thing is even the very first couple of guests, like changed my practice. We, t we talked to a wound care nurse. We talked to an expert on lymphedema. And then every subsequent episode, you know, different subjects, different, you know, discussions, but always a takeaway clinically. And it was just so interesting to see like, oh my gosh, like this isn't even just like our theory. This is actually, this actually works and it's fun. And I mean, like Karen said, crying, laughing, hysterically, like just fun, so fun. And why? Why can we not do that as nurses? And then the other thing too, is especially with the nurses that we've interviewed, like it, it made us realize we're so qualified to teach each other in ways that are interesting and fun. And it should be easy for us to do that. And it's not. So that was another big piece. And the hour goes by very quickly because you guys do a great job of interviewing and teaching and your guests are very interesting. So it is definitely worth it for people to check you out. Yeah, it's just been a, it's just been a blast. It's been so great. And what's the process once they're done listening? How do they get their credit? Um, it's well... Well, that was that was well, the, the, now the you kicker. just opened another can of worms <laughs> um we actually made it possible so that anybody can do what we're doing and the reason that happened was because we thought oh this will be easy we'll just get our ce providership and do a podcast and go hallelujah you got a ce no 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 <laughs> it is not that simple um mm -mm. to keep it all digital you know so it's easy and entre was the best tester 
<laughs> because she's like, I have to be able to do it. It has to be easy for me. And she comes like, this is not easy. Like going onto a platform that we kind of built, you know, through, well, I didn't build it, you know, somebody who is better at that than me. And it was just clunky. It wasn't easy. It wasn't straightforward. So Luke, who we um, dubbed the bus driver, Mantra was like, this isn't easy. And he got frustrated and then went and tried to do it himself. He's like, how hard could it be? And he saw, oh man, we can't make it this hard for people to give us their money. Right. <laughs> so he built something so simple and so elegant from the ground up. And not only was it easy for someone to just go on rnegade.pro, r-n-e-g-a-d-e.pro, you can you sign up, easy to register, you can buy a podcast a la carte, just one at a time. You can get a membership and listen to as many as you want, you know, like, you know, just infinity, um, as long as they come up and get as many CEs that way through the Renegade podcast. And for people who are interested in con- being, becoming content creators now, we have this easy thing. And Luke's like, yeah, we can make it, anybody could do this now. So like you, you know, you, Beth, or we have uh, somebody who, is we, we just start testing it now and trying to break it. So, but you know, and, and if it's going to be at least, I mean, latest, like early November, Andra, is that mm-hmm. right? Should mm-hmm. be, um, should be in a couple of weeks. It should be ready, but we already have some, uh, content creators beta testing it. Like one nurse has a podcast called, uh, it's a rapid, re- is it called rapid response? Mm-hmm. The rapid response podcast, podcast. Yeah. She has tons of listeners and, um, she has gotten feedback from her listeners that are like, oh my gosh, I had a rapid, you know, she had a podcast about a, a diabetic ketoacidosis rapid response. And she, and two days later, a listener reached out and said, two days later, after that podcast, I had a rapid response with DKA and I knew exactly what to do. That's incredible. For, and and sh- her, her podcasts are now going to be awarded CE credit through our Renegade. And she, and she saw, she saw us on, um, like you did, she saw us on social media and she had always kind of thought it was just, ups- well, it was upsetting to her that she couldn't give continuing education credit for her podcast that was clearly changing and making other nurses practices better. And so when she saw, she reached out and, um, you know, the other thing too, is that we make it hard. You know, if any, if as nurses, if you've ever tried to get continuing education for your content, it's not easy. Either you have to get the providership, which takes a long time, or you have to find somebody who's willing to, you know, do the, assign the CEs, but then it costs so much money and it's just not easy for nurses. I mean, I myself would not pay $3,000 for X number of C's on content. It has to be something that's affordable, that's easy and doable. So it was like, well, we could do this for nurses because if we invite them onto our platform as content creators and we, you know, we give them, there's an upfront review fee so that we make sure that the content matches the syllabuses and, um, and then, and then once the content is on board, as nurses come on to consume that content, we can revenue share. So it's a win for all of us. And that's the way it should be, right? It's all boats should rise. All of us should get something out of it instead of this like, well, I'd really like to have my content out, but I, it, it's too much money. It's, and where am I going to put it? And, you know, it's just, it's just tricky and stupid, actually. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that you're allowing nurses to teach each other. I know the last time we talked, that's what you said. We should be sharing information. Totally. We should. And we should be teaching each other. We should. 
we already do that. And that's how it should all feel. Like think about when you get off work and you all go to, or like Bloody Mary Mondays or Mimosa Mondays after Sunday night shift, right? Or after work and you just kind of debrief or, you know, when we sit around and talk about case studies and we laugh and we go, you know, and then we think, what would we have done better? You know, that's like, it's, it's that what I was talking about in the very beginning, you're learning already. It's what you're already doing. And that kind of learning, we have two meta-analyses, analysis says, <laughs> analysis, I don't know. Um, we have two big studies that, um, compilations of studies that show that nurses learn and retain best on the unit or after work with other nurses over and above, you know, PowerPoint talking head lectures or even conference stuff, nurses sitting around with a mentor, you know, and, and talking about case studies is like one of the top uh, learning retention um, and desired, you know, motivation and learning retention ranked ways that nurses learn. I mean, ironically, we have so much nursing literature that talks about critical thinking and lifelong learning and intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. And yet, we don't practice what we preach. We do, we do the opposite. We of do what, exactly the opposite. Right. What a great way to move our profession forward is for us to be in charge of our own education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're doing school by podcast. <laughs> so many things are moving online these days. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things can be taught that way. We don't have to be in person for everything. Nope. And I think that's the underlying message is it's time that we just took control and empowered ourselves to create the kind of profession that we want our profession to be. And, you know, then it became, Karen always says this, the CE is the happy side effect. But the message is like, we're done. We're done asking permission, right? Like we're doing it our way because we know the way. We know it. We need people like you guys to get out there, forge the way, because this is the future. What you guys are doing is the future. I feel like I should stand up and salute or something. <laughs> my hand over my heart. You should. you should. I'm sorry you people can't see her, but she's doing it right now. <laughs> you know, Karen wrote, she she wrote, rewrote the Declaration of Independence as she was writing copy for the website and for our portal and everything. And it was just so, it was such, maybe we could include it in the show notes because literally after she read it to me, I wanted to give her a standing ovation because it was so empowering. It was that like, would be awesome. Y- y'all suck at this. You're fired, and we're doing it our own way. <laughs> yeah, that's like I did. I wrote, I wrote that in the nursing. Like when when the uh, founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, it was basically saying to King George, "Y'all suck at this, and you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> I th- I would love to put that in the show notes. We'll get that in there. Yeah, we should. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So tell us where people can find you if they're looking for you and want want what you're offering and why wouldn't they? Well, I think there's several, there's several ways. First, if you want to be a content creator, then you're going to reach out to us on LinkedIn or on Facebook or on Instagram um, or on our website. Yeah. In a couple, in a couple of weeks, you could just go to the website and mm-hmm. it'll say Jason, it's going to be all automated and you're going to just be able to something cheeky that invites you to become a content creator. So that's for any that's for any nurse, any healthcare provider who has content that they want to share, that they want to, they want CE, um, that they want continuing education for nursing, continuing education right now. And 
there'll be a revenue share. So as nurses come on the platform to consume uh, the material, then every time something gets purchased, they'll that, that'll be a revenue share for the content creator. Yeah. So not only do you not have to pay us to award continuing education to your content, you get paid. And then the other way is to become, um, to sign up on the portal. That's the other thing that we kind of glossed over, but the portal was built because I don't, you probably remember Beth back in the day, see, you had your CE certificates and they were everywhere. They were in filing cabinets. They were (laughs) stuffed in the bedside table. They were in your locker at work. Like there was just no place to store any of them. I mean, I, I, I put graphics up on LinkedIn all the time of like, here's your, your portal. And here's a picture of a filing cabinet with all your CEs scattered everywhere because it was always just a cluster. It was Um, the worst part of renewing your license was the dreaded, oh my gosh, what if I get audited? I know, right? No place to keep them. No, there was just no system. And even now, there's not a platform that really does a good job of keeping CE education in one place. And so you can sign up to the portal and it's free and you're going to get notifications of when your license is up for renewal or when your certifications are up for renewal and you can export and import CE. So if you have a bunch that you've done outside of our Renegade, you can take a picture, export them in. And if you get audited or a board needs them, you can export a list of every CE you've ever done, whether with us or or with somebody else. So that service is just for signing up. You don't have to pay a dime for that. Then as you want to, you know, renew your license or get your certifications, um, CEs, you can, you know, buy a membership for the RNAgate podcast, or you can peruse the, the, content creator platform. And hopefully our goal is to have a hundred content creators by the end of next year. So there'll be lots of, lots of content. Phenomenal. Yeah. I think we're going to blow through that. Yeah. That, that CE storage feature is just a, uh, it's a really cool and useful way for us to manipulate you and staying on the portal long enough and buying CEs from us. That's worth it alone. <laughs> just having a place <laughs> to find your closure. <laughs> I'm, no, no, no. I just joke it. No, it's, it's actually a useful thing. It's not a free ebook. Um, <laughs> right. <Exactly. laughs> Thank you very little for that. <laughs> I love that you offer that. Um, and just, just to clarify, cause we're still getting kind of, uh, hammering out how to speak about this. So it's not confusing. I'm just thinking if I was somebody listening to this, what's the difference between RNAgate and my portal? Yes. pro is the website. That's where you can. Go, you can enter there and become a content creator. You can enter there and t- uh, listen to CE by podcast from either us or any of our content creators. So that's rnegade.pro, R-N-E-G-A-D-E.pro. That's really the only place you have to go. My portal is just the engine that was built to make it all possible. So make it easy. when you click on, um, go listen to a podcast, you know, the URL above will switch to myportal.pro or if you go and um, find your CEs, it'll say, but that's navigated automatically for you, depending on where you're clicking. And what's so funny and kind of ironic about the whole thing is that it was, you know, the CE by podcast company powered by our website. And because it was frustrating to get the certificate and to, you know, it was just frustrating. 
it's now like our whole company has morphed into education technology and it was just so organic and so cool that that we were able to build that product kind of on a ramen budget and we were with the talents of our own team and that we were able to build this product that is actually functional and working like there's some kinks to be worked out still but like I, I don't think if you'd asked Karen and I when we first did our very first podcast, we would be we would have been like educate education technology. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So that's been a really cool. I am not a techno person, so I'm glad you're working out the kinks. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. That's amazing. What else would you guys like to share with our listeners? Are you sure you want to ask that question? I, I feel like I feel like it's for you. It's been like drinking through a fire hose. I know. <laughs> I love drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> well, you're our people, totally. I can't wait for you to be on the platform. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. You're right. After all these years, I've been in nursing almost 30 years. I have a lot to share. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited. I know. Our number one question, because when you go through the content creator it's it's a fully automated process. It is it holds your hand and spoon and feeds you how to create the syllabus because it has to be kosher with California State Board of Nursing. What entails a you know a CE like what it has to be? It can't just be like self help like that's not a CE. It has to be scientifically based. You know something that up levels a nursing license or up levels you know it could be entrepreneurial, but. Those criteria are listed there so you can true them up. Well, is this, this, you know, but the very first question we ask, because there's a five question quiz uh, about whether you've, you know, you can become a content creator. And the first question is, would you take this course? And to me, that's the most important thing. And you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, Beth, but it's not the material as much as the educator. And that's the difference. To teach is to fill an empty vessel with your wisdom and knowledge, right? To educate is bringing out that which is within, you know? And I, I told Beth yesterday, Andre, I'm like, I want people to feel like whenever they take a course on RNAgade, like the educator is done with them, but now there's something alive within. They want to go find out more or they want to listen to more from that educator. Or they want to go find out more about you know, what was she saying about the receptors? Like if you could just learn which chemical activates as an agonist or antagonist to which receptor, then you can kind of just read what any drug does, you know, like if you know that stuff instead of just memorizing like that, you know, that feeling, I don't care if it's a talk, you know, and, and it's the, like I said, with that podcast and with, with our guests, it's, when you listen, their story and how they teach and their own passion and excitement for what they teach is the Trojan horse with through which the information gets in. And I will tell you, your guest, I have it written down. Is it Tina Kazor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mic drop. I listened yeah. to that podcast. I'm like, well, if I ever get cancer, I'm, I'm finding her. I don't know where yeah. she is, but I'm finding her and I'm going to her. It was no nonsense. It was it was not about treating the cancer. It was about treating the individual patient, not just a patient, but you as the patient. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. And she's such I mean, she is such a a science geek and you know, it was just such a great combination to see all of that geekiness come out, but also her love of patients and the person, the whole person, the integrate, like, yeah, she's, she's amazing. And I think that's what we have as nurses, right? 
Yeah. We all do. We all have it. We just, we need to do more of that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's pretty, it's, I think it's like what Karen said. It's also drawing that out of people because like we have a younger nurse who's on, on going to be on the platform. And it was funny. She just sent me some of her, you know, kind of some of the content she's creating. And I was just so excited to see her introductory because this, this is a nurse who's young, who hasn't been in it left bedside nursing after I think four years because it was, she was so stressed out and burned out and whatever. And she just took a flying leap off of a ledge and started creating this stuff that she's passionate about that can help other nurses. And I just looked at this introductory video. She's like, I just want to see if you think I'm on the right. I was so inspired and proud of her. I just, I was like, so cool. So cool. Yeah. You guys are doing great things. I just, I was so impressed. Go girl. And then Leanne, um, th- so another, so we have a couple cancer ones. So Tina's the great, like top, like how to, a different way to treat it that combines conventional and functional and naturopathic, you know, like she, and she knows anyway, but then there's the other side, the Leanne Staffer who wrote a book called, uh, please don't send me flowers. And it was the patient's perspective, also a way to uplevel a nurse's practice and from the patient, seeing it through the patient perspective, perspective that the, uh, the title of that one is define your fine. And that also changed my practice because what, you know, it's not a one size fits all. And she was a young, uh, spin class instructor fitness model, got breast cancer immediately, just, you know, treated her like they would a 68, 72 year old sedentary, you know, whatever lifestyle, double mastectomy, this many rounds of chemo, blah, blah, blah. And she started going, wait a minute. And then she started doing her own research. What? It was like 10 treatments of chemo in or something. She's like, how come in that country, they're only doing six and I'm on my 10th. And I feel like this. Like, how come? And then they actually said, oh, we can stop. No, they said they, they admitted that they probably overtreated her. But it was too late. She'd already had all the treatments. Oh. And and just her experience. And you listen to that and you're like, oh, I mean, like, it's so it, it changed. Step one of my patient advocacy pro- process is not now became define their fine. Because fine for a 67, 72 year old is not going to be the same for a 34 year old spin instructor. They'll take a greater risk to, you know, for the quality of life that they that they want. They've got their whole lives, you know. And she and she, I mean, you you ask her and she would tell you she would have done everything different had she known that there were options. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. That's what she got told. Well, what they were saying, how they defined fine was not her definition of fine. That I'm going to find that next. That's where I'm going after <laughs> to find yeah. and listen to that podcast. And so that's what your listeners and nurses are going to get from what you're doing. You're interviewing real people and it really does inspire you to want to know more, to learn more. So I applaud both of you for what you're doing and what you're going to do in the future. Aw, thanks. Thank you. We're, it's we're, exciting to talk yeah. about it. Thanks for the opportunity. I, I know. Yeah. We're so in, we're so embroiled with it that we don't get to like I get I have had chills a couple times today talking about what we're doing. You 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 re inspired us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That's yeah. what this is all about. To get out people's stories and you know, let other people find you. 
maybe someone, many of my listeners, I hope, come and find you and learn what you have to share. Well, and I hope that they come and learn what you have to share because we're going to have you on our platform and I just can't wait to see. Like, that's just so, how cool is it that we're like on each other's podcasts that we're, I mean, it's, it is so more than I could have ever imagined it to be. Well, you know, like we're getting, it's kind of sometimes it's heads down and, you know, getting through the, the hard work of it. And, and, and you kind of sometimes lose sight of why you're doing it. And so it's so fun to be on these podcasts, especially I will say with other nurses, that's been a real treat. Yes, I agree. I, I've met some incredible people on just having guests on this podcast and it connects you with people. I know Karen and I talked last night about Maggie Ortiz. She was a guest yeah. on my podcast oh. and oh, she's yeah. part of your, and it's just amazing the connections that we make. She's a fireball, man. That girl I was going to say yeah. she's a firecracker. Yeah, <laughs> she I love <is>. her. <laughs> she's got a lot to teach as well. Totally. And she, I mean, I haven't even seen much of her content, but just by having a conversation with her, she changed how I would ever, how I would manage myself in, in a management office and nursing management office. If I was being asked to do something that wasn't, wasn't kosher, I, I, she, she was so good at how, how, what did she say? You want me to violate my nurse practice act? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> she, uh, when I interviewed her for my podcast, I think my mouth hung open most of the time just listening to her stories and yeah. what she's seen and done. It's incredible. And how many nurses she's saved in their license. So yes. I can't wait till she's going to create content and it's going to be so valuable. I mean, yes. like they don't, nurses don't know how much they're risking their license like every single day with cultural sacred cows, the things that well, this is just the way we do it. Well, the way we do it is illegal <laughs> and malpractice. <Absolutely. laughs> well, I would say to anyone that hears this podcast, please go check out what you guys are offering on Renegade. And the opportunities are incredible and they're only going to grow from here. So I'm very excited. And I just relocated the Nurses Declaration of Independence so I can I can read it. Yeah, go ahead. You want me to, you want to close out the show? Either way. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you both for being here and you guys, let's end it with a declaration. Yeah, thank you. Healthcare has been evolving rapidly for the past, well, forever. Nurses have always adapted and adopted to shrinking resources by either increasing their workload in the same 60-minute hour or creating new roles to fill in the cracks that the healthcare industry has created. Community health nurse, case management, nurse practitioner, nurse anesthetist, etc. With each step up, we get more stepped on. We have allowed, yes, allowed, this for far too long. And we're done. A nurse's declaration of independence. When in the course of events in healthcare evolution, it becomes necessary for the nursing profession to dissolve the bonds with authorities and administrations that have royally screwed things up, and to reclaim the power to which nurses are entitled by the laws of nature and of nature's God, and with respect, declare the causes which impel them to say, y'all suck at this and you're fired. We'll take it from here. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All nurses have an equal right to safety, contentment, and the freedom to grow at work and at home. Some of us had more or better parents. 
Some of us had more or better love. Some of us had more or better education. Some of us had more money or more intelligence. Some of us had more or better opportunities and connections. Some of us had more trauma and tragedy to take us down or help us grow. But we are all equally sovereign and free, and no one is the boss of me. Those rights are not earned or granted by any human or administrative entity. They are the birthright of every nurse, inherently. To secure these rights, we give our consent to the administrations with govern, which govern the places of our work and instruction to educate, organize, and regulate our profession because we're too damn busy living our lives, raising our families, and serving our patients to do it ourselves. When the authority that we have entrusted to any administration that governs our profession ceases to protect our rights or becomes a source of their violation, it is our right and responsibility to reform or abolish the systems that have become antiquated, corrupt, and irresponsible, and institute a new and better way founded in integrity with the principles from which our right to safety, contentment, and freedom are derived. We don't do this lightly, as it is a pain in our collective asses to move the needle against the gravity of the status quo to which we have become accustomed. But when sustained and evolving abuses to our profession and dignity become intolerable, it is our duty to remove our consent to their authority and establish a new guard of our sovereignty. Run from what's comfortable. Forget safety. Live where you fear to live. Destroy your reputation. Be notorious. I have tried prudent planning long enough. From now on, I'll be mad. Rumi. Don't you give up now. You have made your vows. You might not know how. Donate Your Young was produced in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by The Lighthearts. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at DonateYourYoung.com. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support the show is to share it with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening. Uh